Hey, it's the Weather Channel podcast. I'm Ari Sarsalari. I'm a meteorologist here at the Weather Channel. I'm back after uh, uh, quite a bit of time off that we very luckily get with IBM. I had another another daughter. It's my second daughter. And uh, you can maybe hear her crying in the background now. I don't know. What do you, Can you hear anything right now? Are we good? <laughs> you, you guys can't hear anything? No, oh, I think you're good. Let me uh, say hi to these people. Oh, it's so good to see you guys again. I have to work with you again? Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> so we got Nikki Budnick here. She is a producer and she's been uh, doing a lot of work on the podcasts. And we've also got John Erdman here. He's a senior meteorologist here at the Weather Channel. And today we're going to talk about um, what, why are thunderstorms so hard to predict? And this was a, this was a like kind of thought up by Nikki. I think it was kind of her idea. And she says, why are, why are thunderstorms so hard to predict? And I say, I don't think they are that hard to predict. What's your beef, Nikki? Let's go. Just start hitting us. Look, I don't know. I mean, this is the thing. I get caught in the rain all the time, right? So like, this is, this is my problem. I work for the Weather Channel, and it's really unacceptable behavior to not understand what a 30% chance of thunderstorms actually means. And you know what? I'll admit it. I don't know. I mean... I think it means, you know, it's going to be a 30% maybe in a certain area, or does it mean that it's already raining in 30% of the the area that I'm in? And I just, I, I have a couple questions for you guys. That's all. That's all. Okay. <laughs> well, let's address that one first. John, I'll let you take this um, because actually this is one of those situations where I honestly feel like you asked 20 different meteorologists, what does 30% chance of rain mean? You're going to get at least 10 different answers. So I'm going to let John answer it first. Well, you know, it, it Part of our job is monitoring social media. And this time of year, if you watch some of our mentions at the Weather Channel, you'll invariably get almost every summer afternoon, hey, nice 10% chance of rain. It shows someone just soaked to the bone. Their hair is just sopping wet. And they said, thanks for the 10% chance of rain. So yeah, that's we get me. it. We, we get it, right? I mean, we, we understand it, it's frustrating. And really, when you pull up your app and you see that percent chance of rain, all it means is that during that time period, there is a 10%, 20%, 30% chance that there will be at least a hundredth of an inch of rain at some time during that period. That's all it means. It doesn't mean it's going to rain all day. It doesn't mean it's, it's going to rain three inches of rain. It just means at one point in time during that time period at that location, there's an X percent chance of seeing at least measurable rain. That's all it means. You're probably thinking like, why do you get into these situations where, you know, there was a 10% chance of rain, but I got completely soaked. You know, like John was just saying, it doesn't really have to do with the amount of rain that you're going to get. It just has to do with the chance of whether you're going to get wet or not. So there could be a day where you have a 10% chance of rain that you get like this really nasty thunderstorm that just sits right over one spot and dumps like two or three inches of rain and then dissipates and nobody else gets any rain. Or you could have those 70% chance of rain where you've got these popcorn showers hitting everywhere all around you and they've got you surrounded and you don't actually get wet. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. It totally make, it, it makes sense. But the other thing that makes me wonder is, you know, sometimes you'll see you have scattered showers, you've isolated shower thunderstorms. So in that 10%, you know, what's the difference? Is, is an isolated one different than a scattered one? Or are you just going to see 10% of rain all day stretched out over, a, over all day? Or is it what? Tell me. Yeah. So that has to do with the, the, the coverage of showers or thunderstorms. So um, it, it, that's a bit of met speak, but you hear it so often. Uh, so the word isolated, okay, that sounds, that makes so much sense. If you think of isolated, it's just one stray thunder shower 
maybe covers part of a county for about 30 minutes to an hour in the afternoon. And if you're two counties away, you may hear, hear the thunder, you may see the lightning, but it's it's you don't get wet. So that's isolated. You know, it's just one little thunderstorm here, another thunderstorm maybe 100 miles away here, just really hit or miss. If you get under that, well, you're unlucky or maybe you're lucky. Maybe I want to go to Vegas with you, use those odds. Scattered thunderstorms are a little bit more wide widespread. So they're a little bit more popcornish. You see uh, maybe 30 to 50% aerial coverage. So you'll see more thunderstorms on, on the map in, the, in that case. So in general, what you're saying is is isolated most often means like less rain coverage, like, you know, not as many people are getting wet. Scattered is supposed to mean, like you said, a little more widespread, you know, they're kind of scattered all about. But I think one thing that's actually happened, and I've probably even noticed myself doing it, is that on-air meteorologists we tend to, for whatever reason, just kind of use scattered in almost the opposite way of the way that it's meant to be used. Like sometimes I'll be like, look, this isn't going to be like all day rain. It's just going to be kind of like scattered showers around everywhere. When I think that's kind of misleading based on the uh, the definitions we just went through, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm guilty of that myself. I, I I can get a little sloppy with that and say scattered. And actually, there's a, there's, there's a couple other terms that aren't used as often. Numerous is more more than scattered. And then if there's just no word in front of it, but it just says thunderstorms. Well, then if you pulled up your radar and you saw this big squall line headed your way, or the big line of storms, you don't need to put anything in front of it. Just thunderstorms. It's moving in, you know, nothing else needs to be said. So I have a really hard question for you guys. I'm sure this is really hard. Um, <laughs> what, how do you know? This is the, the other thing. Like what, what is it that makes you understand that you're going to have a scattered shower or you're going to have 10% versus 60% chances. So I guess I could answer the beginning part of that. Um, and this can go along a little bit with the way that severe weather forecasting can be. So wh when it comes to, uh, let's see, like when it comes to a snowstorm, right, we have a pretty good idea of where this whole swath of snow is going to go. And we can give a pretty reasonable estimate a couple of days out of who's going to see the snow, give or take 50 to 100 miles. It's probably going to be in the six to eight inch range. It's like really easy to tell that. The problem with thunderstorms is that unlike a snowstorm where the snow is just there on the storm and you can watch it the whole time, these thunderstorms will tend to, we know the area where the air is going to be primed that they're going to pop up, but you can never be sure like exactly where each individual one is going to pop up. That's what makes it so uh, difficult to forecast out, say, because honestly, as far as knowing where that area is going to be, it's really not all that hard. We've done a like forecast models have come a really long way, especially in the last couple of years. And honestly, it gets to the point now where like when the SPC puts out a an outlook, I, it it usually pans out the way that it that that it's supposed to, and uh, yeah, I mean I don't know if you have any other thoughts on that, John, but yeah, I think you nailed it. You know, if you have a uh, if you have a case a in the spring or summer, where you have a really strong cold front moving through, and it's really warm and humid ahead of it, the chances are really good that you're going to see some thunderstorms during part of the day before the cold front moves through. Those are the days where the probabilities are higher. But a lot of times we get in the middle of summer and there's no cold fronts, there's no jet stream, there's really no features. It's just the heating of the day. You pop thunderstorms over mountains, say in the mountain west or in the southeast. You pop thunderstorms, say, over the Florida Peninsula or along the Gulf Breeze. And it's just, 
it's hard to tell if my town is going to see a thunderstorm that afternoon or if it's going to be a county over or two counties over. Mm -hmm. So there we put out the forecast like scattered thunderstorms or even isolated thunderstorms. I was all excited because I knew we had the chance for some thunderstorms in Atlanta and it had been a little while. And I kept hearing thunder and just smelling the rain. And I kept looking down at my radar and literally all day, there were just these little popcorn storms that were firing up right next to right next to me. I live in Woodstock and there was one that sat over Kennesaw for a while. All my friends are posting pictures of hail on their, on their uh, feeds on Facebook. I'm like, man, I'm so jealous. I would love to go collect some hail right now. (laughs) You were just waiting for the hail to come to your house. I was, I haven't seen enough hail in my life. And that actually makes me think of another question I have for you guys, because I know that Ari, you're always running out to watch thunderstorms. Every time there's a thunderstorm, you, you, say something in Slack, like, oh, I woke up in the night and I, I wanted to go outside and watch it. And so what, what makes you love thunderstorms so much? What makes you, what, why, you know? I figured you, you would have been asleep for that one. I can't believe you actually went back and read. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell this real quick story. <laughs> this was literally a couple of weeks ago. Grace was like 42 weeks pregnant. I was already off of work because I was kind of helping out with her. We had a a good chance of seeing severe storms. I think we were in a moderate risk, but I'd been watching it all day and it kind of, it sufficiently died down right before it got to my house that I was not worried about anything. And of course I was watching all the trees with the flashlight, but we go out onto the deck, we have an awning and I'm watching the thunderstorms come through pretty good gust of wind. I'm like, here it comes. It should be about 30 miles an hour. And then all of a sudden I hear the tornado sirens start going off <laughs> and I looked down on my phone and there was a tiny little spin up that had, spun up real quick on the radar just yeah it was just i know right john it was just for a couple scans but it was cool being out there and like hearing the tornado siren but of course you know then we were right next to the door anyway and we had a trained meteorologist watching the terminal doppler radar every minute so i would not suggest you do that but i don't know man do you still go outside and watch thunderstorms john well i'm a sucker for that you know i have a i have a west facing house so you know anything that's coming coming our way we don't have a really good view but it's it's enough of a view my favorites are in the summertime when you get these distant thunderstorms we know it's far enough away where all you see is a spider lightning these anvil crawlers that go right along the the bottom of the cirrus cloud and it's just it's it's better than a july 4th fireworks show in my in my opinion i I just love that stuff yeah we get those sometimes in the summer in georgia too as i'm sure you know pretty well and i think i I remember one of my first dates with grace we were in woodstock and i was showing her the top of a storm that you could see that was sitting over atlanta you could see like the lightning up in it from far away i think that's really cool and honestly i like being right in the middle of it too like i I, I know it sounds crazy, but I've I've had a couple cars where who's going to see the top of my car? Who's going to see the top of my car? I don't care. You know, as long as it moves and functions, that's all I care about. OK, so, yeah, I, I've gone into a few hailstorms before. You know, once again, this is a situation where I kind of like know what I'm doing and I know I'm not going to be like driving into a tornado or anything. But I, I, it's just interesting when you hear when I hear thunder, I get excited and I just love thunderstorms. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah, that's cool. I don't know. I've never been like super, uh, you know, I, co- I come to the Weather Channel from a journalism background. So I'm not, I wasn't actually here because I was a super big fan of weather, but definitely from working here, I have come to appreciate. I did go out on my porch when those storms blew through Kennesaw, Ackworth would suck. And I did take a little video of the, of the pouring rain. And so it, it has rubbed off. It definitely has. Um, addicting, isn't it? And so this is, it it is kind of addicting. I would say I would go on a storm chase, maybe, maybe. Put your money where your mouth is, because I'll totally <laughs> bring scary. you on. One. <laughs> <laughs> 
um, so this is this is a question for John. When do you think I should be canceling my plans? So, you know, if these pop-up storms are going to come and I see them on the radar, I see little blips, What? how much of a percent should it be where I'm just like, you know what, we're not going to go on that hike right now. Maybe we can wait till tomorrow. Yeah, that's a tricky question. And, and even even as we're dealing with COVID right now, there's still you could still have afternoon plans. You want to go you want to go to hit your favorite hiking trail. You know, you want you've been looking forward to this all week. You know, you've been buried in your house, you know, and, and you're getting cabin fever. Yeah, that that's difficult. I, what I would say, first of all, is pull up a radar. First of all, just look first thing in the let's say it's the morning before your big plans. You're just about ready to leave. You just want to make sure the weather's going to be OK. First, pull up a radar at least see if there's anything moving your direction. And if, if your radar has lightning strikes on it, that's the part that scares me most about it is, is lightning, frankly. If it's not severe thunderstorms, it's lightning is speaks for itself. So pull up a radar, see if there's any rain or thunderstorms moving in your area. If there's not, then you pull up your forecast. You check that percent chance of precipitation. Maybe you look at an hourly forecast. You know, the Weather Channel app, you can choose not only a forecast for the day, but you can look at hour by hour and just get a kind of a sense of which hours of the day have the best chance of precipitation. Most days, especially in the middle of summer, that's going to be in the, in the afternoon with the heating of the day. But in parts, say, in the Midwest, you can get these thunderstorm clusters that occur in the morning. So you could have this morning thunderstorms, then all of a sudden the rest of the day is fine. So part of it is just being aware of the forecast. And if the, if, you know, if the forecast only says isolated thunderstorms, you know, 30% chance, I'm not sure that I would cancel my plans, but I would just be weather aware. If you're in an area where there is good cell reception, you could still, you can still pull up your weather app. I would check during your hike, say, and say, okay, where where are thunderstorms? Mm -hmm. I would turn on your lightning alerts or your rain alerts on your weather app, like the Weather Channel app. So if you're in cell reception, you know right away, hey, there's been a you know, there's been a lightning strike within five miles. I I have to move to some place of shelter and keep in mind a place that you can go if a thunderstorm moves in. And use your common sense. If you see the sky starting to darken toward your west, if you sky, see sky starting to get dark, and especially if you hear thunder, uh, you should act on that and try to move inside. You know, there's the long-term forecasting of things where you're like three, four days out. And then another type of like severe weather forecasting or thunderstorm forecasting that we do is called now casting, right? And it's my personal belief. I really try to like help all my friends just get like any basic radar app that includes the Weather Channel app where you can just read radar because it drives me nuts when I'm at home and my, you know, like I hear thunder and, you know, it starts to smell like rain. And then my girlfriend says, hey, is it going to rain? At that point, I feel like it's your responsibility to know whether it's going to rain or not. <laughs> like you should be able to look at a radar app and see if there's a big blob coming in our direction or not. And you need to know where you are on the map. You know, it can be, I think people get the most scared when it's like the day before a severe weather break and we're like, this is the area and you just get nonstop questions. Are we going to have tornadoes? Well, I don't know. I don't know. But once you're in it and the storms are firing up, if you know how to at least look at a storm and know where you are in the map and just see if it's coming toward you, then you know when it's going to hit. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I also want to know, like, even if you do do all these things, like, I understand now casting is now, but even if you do do all these things and you're out in the woods and you're on your hike and you're, you know, you have your phone and you've already checked, there's still a chance, right? That <laughs> that even though it was forecasted, it could rain on your head, right? Yeah, thunderstorms can develop. Uh, you know, if, even if there's nothing on radar as you start your hike, maybe at uh, 10 in the morning, you know, if it's a long hike and two in the afternoon. 
afternoon, all of a sudden you see these thunderheads starting to pop to the west of you and you check your app. Well, there they are. And so you just need to be aware that that that's possible. And then, uh, you know, have some plan in place if they pop on your hike, that there's some shelter you can go to in case uh, it pops right over your head. Yeah. If I'm going to play golf yeah. and I, I know there's a chance for thunderstorms, you know, you got to kind of make the decision. I've had it happen before back in the day when I used to play golf. It's so dang expensive, man. That's, that's an expensive habit. I've got kids now, but, uh, you know, I've had to many times just you know, you hear thunder, you just drive, drive the cart inside. And no, I wasn't walking. I don't want any of that exercise. I'm not doing any of that. You <laughs> ride the cart. That's how you play golf. You know, the other thing I noticed is that we haven't really gotten that much uh, thunderstorm activity in May. It's been a pretty quiet May. Usually when I start to see things bloom in Atlanta, I start to get that smell. I'm like, ooh, it's like severe weather season's coming. And I feel like it's, you know, we've had a couple of events, but it hasn't been as big as other years. Yeah, you know, May has such a notorious reputation for tornadoes. Joplin, Missouri, 2011. Oklahoma, uh, May 3rd, 99. 2013, Moore in Oklahoma City. I mean, you can just go up and down the list. And May, May is usually a terrible month for tornadoes in the U.S. And I'm looking at a map right now, a dot map that the uh, Storm Prediction Center has. It shows a tornado report so far this month. And it's just, it's it's staggering, Ari. I mean, uh, no tornado reports as of the time we're recording this podcast uh, in Mississippi. I'm seeing just a, one or two of them in Nebraska, not many of them in Oklahoma, nothing in central or western Oklahoma. I mean, this is this is nothing short of staggering. And uh, the SPC's Evan Bentley kind of tipped us off on this, that, uh, you know, we could have less than 100 tornadoes in May for the first time since 1970, which think about that. It, it's just, it's staggering. It really is. And May is the part of the year also where you really start to get more thunder thunderstorms and, and I should say severe thunderstorms and tornadic storms that form out in the plains too. You know, like early in the season, like Jan, well, I'll say like February, March, you get a lot of tornadoes in Dixie Alley, which is like Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee. And then gradually you get closer to May, which, you know, middle to end of May is usually about the heart of tornado season. By that point, it's migrated farther toward the West. Now we've still got June coming up. You can still get a lot of tornadoes in the plains in June, but I'll tell you what, this pattern right now, the jet stream way up in the North, it looks so, it looks so summery. I feel like you should be getting the thunderstorms up in Wisconsin. As, as amazing as it sounds, I've heard thunder once this spring, once, you know, we're, what is it? May 28th that we're recording this here in Southeast Wisconsin. Everything has gone West of me. It's the old Lake breeze in Milwaukee screwing everything up. Uh, so I, I, I am literally thirsting for thunder right now. I can't wait. How did this happen though? April was really active, right? April, I remember a lot, a lot of storms. I remember covering them. So what what was it about May that made it so inactive? Well, it was a it was a weird start to May. I, I don't know if you remember Mother's Day weekend. Uh, we were tracking record cold throughout the uh, much of the Midwest and South and East, uh, which is exactly the opposite jet stream pattern that you look for for severe weather in the plain state. So the ridge was buckling north in the west and nose diving southward into the east. And so we were, we had snow in the interior northeast on Mother's Day weekend. So that was the opposite pattern. Now we have this kind of this weird stuck slow pattern with this gyrating upper low over the central and eastern U.S. at times. And the jets, you know, the jet streams way up into Canada. And it's just not, it, it doesn't provide enough wind shear and instability for supercell thunderstorms. In fact, most of the tornadoes we've had over the last week or so have been these kind of these land spouts. You know, it's almost like a water spout over land. It's almost like 
I don't want to say it's fair weather tornadoes, but but they're not the intense tornadoes over some of the plain states that are notorious for getting these EF5s this time of year. Yeah. The other thing is people got to understand like the, the jet stream is what steers these storm systems, right? And in order to have a lot of severe weather, you know, with the big tornado outbreaks in the plains down toward Dixie Alley, you've got to have the jet stream steer a storm system somewhere down into the southern plains and then kind of northeast toward the Great Lakes. That's like the ideal setup, especially these last several days where it's been so hot. Whenever you see that jet stream way up toward the north, that is a super summary pattern. And that also means that there's nothing that's steering powerful low pressure through the middle of the country. You can get some little lows that it'll steer up toward the north and Sometimes those can drag down some severe for guys like John up in Wisconsin, um, sometimes in the Ohio Valley. But with it being so far up toward the north, the only thing we've had has been just these really pestering, annoying low pressure systems, these upper lows that won't move. And they just sit there and they churn and they don't produce like a huge amount of severe weather, but you'll get some severe. You get a lot of this on and off rain for the middle and eastern part of the country. And that pattern is going to start to break down as we get into the beginning of the next week. But here's a good question for you, John, because I haven't looked at the extended outlook. I know that pattern starts to break down, but does that make it a little bit more conducive for some more active severe weather coming up like later on next week, possibly? Yeah, we'll have to see about that, at least for the weekend. Uh, There's more cool weather diving into the east in the Midwest. So if you like uh, 60s and 70s for highs, uh, you're going to be in you're going to be in La La Land this weekend in the uh, Midwest and East. Maybe, maybe later next week, we can get some more severe thunderstorms to pop, say, out in the High Plains, Northern and Central High Plains area. It, it's it's quite amazing that we had such an active April, and then all of a sudden the pattern just shifted right away into May. And now it may be it, it may be a while until we get some decent flare-ups of, of tornadoes, which, which is great. Good news. Let's keep it away. Uh, but maybe about the mid to latter part of next week, we might get some more of these thunderstorm clusters, these mesoscale convective systems out in parts of the Midwest and uh, Northeast. So that that's a real sign of June. I'll be, I'm, I'm okay with the quiet spring as far as tornadoes go, right? Because that's where the most destructive tornadoes usually are. Um, but we get tornadoes in the summer too. It's just, you know, they can they can actually be like even more visually kind of cool to look at because very often they're kind of out in the middle of nowhere, like in the Dakotas or like up in Wyoming or... You know, eh, not like you don't get bad tornadoes ever in the summer, but I just, I, those come to mind, those big ones that pick up a lot of dust in the Dakotas and stuff, you know? Oh, yeah. Beautiful views, uh, <laughs> flat land, just, you know, unobstructed views. It's awesome. Okay. What's all next, right. Nikki? That, those are all the questions you have for us. Nothing. We answered everything. That was it. Did you learn anything? That was no? it. I learned a lot. I felt like I learned a lot. Okay. Basically, I learned that it's my responsibility. And you guys are just giving me tips and and then it's on me. Uh, it's my fault that I get stuck in the rain. That's what I was about to say. Here's the quiz. What do you do when you smell rain? A, do you ask your meteorologist friend if it's going to rain? Or B, do you go check your app and read the radar? <laughs> I check my app and read the radar. Yeah. All right. Good for you. All right. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Um, Nikki, I'm so glad you popped in. I actually really like when we have a non-met like a non-meteorologist on the show with us and you get some really good perspective as like what people, you know, know or don't know where we're going wrong. And so it was kind of fun to hash that out yeah. with you, Nikki. You were even very nice about Thanks, it. Guys. I really appreciate that. John, as always, <laughs> we do podcasts together all the time. I always love doing it with you. If you guys enjoyed this podcast, we would love a great rating. And if we didn't do so well, you don't have to give us a great rating, but make sure to subscribe and we'll see you back here next time. 